This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the show that pulls back the industry curtain. We're exploring pop culture, music icons, and food gods. It's the Jeremiah Show with Dr. D, broadcasting from the HJL Hospitality and Evolved Studios in LA, Santa Barbara, AM 1290, KZSB, and FM 96.9, Santa Barbara, or somewhere from the road. He's opened and fixed more than 200 restaurants, bars, nightclubs, hotels, and neighborhood joints around the globe. He's an industry driver, an author, and a columnist. He's a restaurateur with legendary rock star Mick Fleetwood on Fleetwood's On Front Street in Lahaina, Maui. And he's your radio host. And now, back from a race around the sun, Jeremiah Higgins. When I was in my 20s, what I really wanted to do, I wanted to make it. And in musical terms, that meant get a record deal, become huge, play stadiums. That was what we were doing when we were in the town. We wanted to make it. We want you to be the you that we construct in your image. We didn't realize that the deal with the EMI was real when we actually got that check which was for 150000 Our lawyer got, and our manager got, and, and producer said, got. what did we get? We got 3500 a piece. Welcome to the Jeremiah Show. When I was a kid growing up in Santa Barbara, I lived on the Mesa. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Mesa is uh, the different areas of Santa Barbara. Montecito, I guess, is part of Santa Barbara in a way. All the Hope Ranch, Ledbetter Beach, the Mesa. It's right along the coast. It's always about 10 degrees cooler than everywhere else in Santa Barbara. I had a best friend named Florencio. He lived right across the street from me, and we would ride the Metro bus to school. Not a regular school bus, but the Metro bus to Lacumbra Junior High. And on the way home, we would get off the bus three stops early at the 7-Eleven on the Mesa. We would get Slurpees and ropes of red licorice longer than I was tall. Neither one of us were allowed to do that. 
but that was childhood. We would scrub off our red tongues before talking to our parents when we got home. We were kids, and we were testing out our boundaries, slowly expanding our familiar territory, and Slurpees tasted like freedom. We would carry our skateboards in our backpacks. With Slurpees in hand and red licorice ropes wrapped around our necks, we would storm Washington School. The playground was perfect for skateboarding. Washington School, go Wildcats, has great paved hills and basketball courts, stairs and outdoor walkways. We would race past the open doors of the classrooms, clickety-clack with our skateboard wheels, and I could still smell the glue and the chalk coming from within. My skateboard was a barfoot. It was black with red wheels, and on the underbelly it had a big goal, which I loved. I don't know why your kids are fascinated with skulls, but I was. I really had to plead with my parents for that board. They weren't too happy about the skull with flames coming from its eye sockets. And our family would spend our time between the Pacific Northwest and Santa Barbara, depending on where there was work for my dad, who was a carpenter. In Idaho, at Preach River Lamana High, I was the kid from California. The Pacific Northwest really didn't care for people from California. But I slowly became cool, and I was accepted because mainly of my skateboard, secondary probably my cool surfer clothing. When we were in Santa Barbara for the summer, I would save my money. I would work all summer at the Seacove Cafe down there on Ledbetter Beach, bussing tables. I'd stash the money away, and before we returned to Idaho for the school year, I would buy T-shirts with surfer logos, Maui and Sons. OP Ocean Pacific. I'd wear big dog shorts. O'Neill, Santa Barbara Surf Shop, Rip Curl, Channel Island Surf Shop, Zog's Sex Wax. They were my entry into acceptance, or at least I thought so, and of being cool. One summer after my senior year, I brought home a cassette tape of Spencer the Gardener. Near the train tracks, at the Albany Falls Dam, I would pull my little Volkswagen Rabbit. I had tinted windows. It was black. It was the kind of the party mobile for all of us. And I'd pull it off the dirt road that ran parallel to the railroad tracks. I'd open the back hatch. There was a cooler in the back, my trunk. I'd put in a pretty good sound system for my savings. And I played Spencer the Gardener's. The first two albums. That's the title track. Drink, drinking Coors, Michelob, sometimes wine coolers, if, if the girls were with us, high above the river. Or we would be actually on the river, Reach River, in a ski boat looking for, yeah, girls. And we'd blast the music. That album feels like summer to me. And although I wasn't in California listening to Spencer, I felt like I was home in Santa Barbara. Up next, in studio, is Spencer the Gardener. I'll be right back. 
Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on the Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. We are a girl named Tom, and we just released our very first Christmas album called One More Christmas. It's streaming everywhere, and we hope you love it. And be sure to check us out at girlnamedtom.com. Hey everybody, it's Tim Stack from It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack telling you, asking you to watch the show Sprung on Freebie, Amazon's new free channel. I promise you it's funny, it's got heart, and my shoulder appears in episode three. Welcome, Los Angeles. The Jeremiah Show is now on Radio Candy Radio. Discover a world of emotions, your digital radio. The Jeremiah Show airs 10 p.m. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. RadioCandyRadio.com As Spencer the Gardener started, I thought, I don't need the record industry. I don't want the record industry. I want to just continue this on my own and make it popular however size I want it. Guantanamera Guaira, Guantanamera Guantanamera Guaira, Guantanamera Yo soy un hombre sincero De donde crece la palma Yo soy un hombre sincero De donde crece la palma Y antes de morir yo quiero echar mis versos del alma. Welcome back. In college I lived at 229 San Clemente up on the Mesa. I looked back at the calendar, I figured it out. It was 98 through the 2000s. I was going to Santa Barbara City College with a bunch of buddies. The house was the party house, or at least we thought so, up on the Mesa. Had a 10-man jacuzzi in the backyard. Uh, complete with a built-in kegerator with a handle, great sound system, basketball court. It was everything a college house should be for four guys, I guess. And believe it or not, my roommates and I were actually good students. Sunday through Wednesday, we locked ourselves in the house and studied. But when Thursday came around, <laughs> we sprayed on the, remember this? Dakar Noir, CK1, all those horrible colognes. Uh, I guess it's Axe body spray these days, but it was pretty bad. Threw on our bowling shirts, chain wallets. We headed downtown. We'd see Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, Monkafest, Common Sense, but our favorite was Spencer the Gardener. My roommates, and some names have been changed to protect the undeserving here, I'm going to call them Fabulous, Dan, Dickie Greenleaf, would line up at the Beach Shack or Dargan's to see Spencer the Gardener. We'd flip off our minds. We'd turn it off, the schoolwork. And Spencer the Gardener would promptly whip us into a frenzy in front of the band with a hundred other college students or more looking for that same release. It was at a Spencer the Gardener show that my 
roommates invented their own version of the worm dance. <laughs> this involved springing as far as you could towards the ceiling at the same time, spinning your body in circles as you came crashing back down to earth, usually stacking your ankle and taking out a few dancers around you. I, I never did this, but it really pissed off the bands. And I think I remember Spencer scolding us one time so that no one got hurt. <laughs> Doesn't sound like him, but I, I imagine that he did. So I'm, I want to apologize that we used to do that in front of your band, Spencer. I, I probably did scold you. <laughs> and it wasn't a scolding. It wasn't me. It was, it was the, my the, roommates. They the, were terrible. They probably landed on a girl and yeah. I, I was protecting her. Yeah. See, I, I think I remember that because, and I, they embarrassed me, but I had to tell the story because I started thinking about these nights and these times of my life. And those nights were some of the best in my life. We were kids and we were testing our boundaries, slowly expanding our familiar territory, music flowing through our veins. Spencer the gardener felt like freedom. And writer Matt Kevin said it best in the film that we're going to talk about a little bit today. Spencer sounds like Santa Barbara. Last Saturday night, I found myself under the beautiful pink skies in the breezy little ocean town of Carpinteria, standing before the marquee of the Alcazar Theater. And the marquee read, more than just a party band, the journey of Santa Barbara musician Spencer Barnett's. More than just a party band is a feature-length documentary film directed by Robert Redfield following the personal and professional journey of Santa Barbara musician Spencer Barnett, who is in studio today with us. He's known to many simply as Spencer the Gardener. The film bears witness to Spencer's 40-plus year career in the music business, and it's told through archival footage, friends, colleagues, fans, and Spencer himself. Film was shot on location in and around Santa Barbara, California. The film is a story of resilience, reinvention, and the power of music and community. Again, my special guests today are Spencer Barnett and John Schneckenberg, two highly talented and loved musicians. And it's about time we all sat down together. Welcome, Spencer, and welcome, John. Thanks, Jeremy. Nice to see you. Jeremiah. <laughs> it's all right. You can call me whatever you want. Jeremy, just. <laughs> well, John happens to be my neighbor three doors down, I think, if I count right yeah. in my head. And yeah. um, I think this is so cool. There's always a cardboard box of oranges and lemons near the sidewalk. And so I, my first question, is gardening, Spencer, a prerequisite to being a band member? No, it just so happens that John is uh <laughs> Is the avocado whisperer, <laughs> and and graduated from Cal Poly with uh, he he takes care of trees, and that's just his side business. Mm. So he just happens to be really good at it. But he's generous with them. Well, I mean, I think not only that, but there any fruit that he has something to do with is better than almost any other one. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm not kidding, though. Because he's not only the avocado whisperer, he is the he's, lemon and the orange. and I think it's just part of growing up in Carpinteria. Well, I haven't... True. I've, I've, I've wanted to jump up on the fence and peek over the backyard, but what is, as I walk by, what is back there, John? What else besides oh, avocados and oranges? Avocados, bananas, um, coffee. I, I've actually brewed. Maybe you shouldn't tell people. Actually, grown <laughs> coffee and brewed it, and uh, I've got a peach tree that oh, I've that's grafted. Very cool. Apricot, peach, plum. So 
all kinds of stuff back there. You grow. I was the cool. I was referring to the had a zombie apocalypse. That's where you, you go. You want to be in the backyard of John Schnappenberg. <laughs> Spencer, what do you know? Is there is there one coming? <laughs> um, wow, that's really good. Growing coffee beans. Is this the right? I don't mean to get off on this too much, but the, is this the right hemisphere? And I always heard there was like a coffee belt where you could only grow coffee beans. They probably grow the best coffee in, you know, really tropical areas like Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, Ecuador. They grow great coffee in Hawaii, but we can grow it and... My coffee, I thought, tasted pretty good. You know, it was nice. very, I think we made it, we grew a total of eight ounces of finished beans. And it's really not worth the work if you're trying to save money. It's not, um, the amount of time we put in there is probably about $100 an ounce. Mm. <laughs> but wow. it's a lot of fun. It's like other things that come from beans <laughs> for, for, out, for ounce. Yeah. It's actually a little berry that has a couple seeds inside. And so anyway. crazy. Uh, How'd you connect? We met over the wedding band. The wedding band we used to play at Giuseppe's mm-hmm. every Tuesday night. I remember that, yeah. And uh, that was a big college thing. But slowly it started with four people and it get, just got bigger and bigger. And people would, cause that's how Nate came into it too. Nate came in one night and said, can I sit in? John came in one night, can I sit in? And then they have been sitting in for the last 40 years. Mm. It never ended. Never ended, yeah. The party <laughs> keeps going. That's When I saw the film, I think they did such a great, Robert did such a great job and, and all of you involved in it, telling the story not only of the beginnings and that surfer culture and the music and then, uh, oh, sorry, and... Um, and how the music evolved, but also the, how Santa Barbara evolved in the scene at the various clubs and the music scene and the, and the different generations that have enjoyed the music. But one thing was always constant. Everybody was enjoying the music and yeah. still is. California has changed a lot. I mean, Santa Barbara has changed a lot. Yeah. The 90s, you know, we were talking about the 90s before we went on air here and Really, I think that's when, I mean, your first album was 19, right. 1990, 90. 91, depending on what, where you look at it. Sorry, there, John kicked John in the shin. Um, but the 90s were such a, the, the music was different than what you were doing, really, wasn't it? Well, different from more, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, gr- but darker, a little um, bit more grungy. And more, yeah, there, well, there was, there was, it started to split a little bit, and it started to, it split and it went to certain camps and it stayed there. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, it's funny because to where it is now, it's like it's really all over the place. Like there isn't, uh, there aren't as many like different scenes that mm-hmm. people get involved in. It's kind of like it's like everybody has a tattoo. Right. There's no. It's very everything's very global. Um, but the 90s did have a, a break for a while where it was like there was people into grunge and there was people into uh, kind of a dancey type mm-hmm. stuff. Leftover kind of pop. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, an entire, entirely different note. I, I don't know what made me just think about it, but I remember when we first started playing New Wave and like there was also disco mm-hmm. and everyone used to say, I hate disco and I loved disco. I did too. <laughs> I didn't say it, but I loved it yeah. and I still it love fun. it 
to this day. Uh, <laughs> you can ring sure. my bell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I used to work at the Enterprise Fish Company, and I, Blondie came in one time with, after a tour with like eight people, and I thought it was so cool. But I and I used to play disco at the Enterprise Fish Company. Now you're bringing back that memory for me. So we both admitted. We like our love of disco on the radio. Great. (laughs) We should have done that off break. Um, That was the nineties. Was that, was there a favorite period or decade in a way uh, in that? I mean, did you like, was the nineties your favorite or did you like, I mean, well, I'm sure for both of us, it's different. It's hard to say because, you know, I was in the town in the Mm eighties and I, I was the perfect age to be, like you know living in london and just doing all the things you do when you're in a band and you're young um i got when that fell apart and spencer the gardener started that was a great period of time because we were doing it on our own successfully so we were making good money selling records cds had just come out everybody was like wow you guys have cds out as opposed to now where they're like, oh, yeah, I don't have a CD player. So it's kind of <laughs> music has changed a lot. Nobody. Cars don't have CD players. Cars don't anymore, have right? CD players. I, it's the the ownership of music has changed completely. Do and, you, sorry. But so that financially changed everything for everybody, too. But the early 90s was a really great time financially for us. Mm. And we were on tour. We had a, a big giant Ford, what was it? It was an F three fifty crew cab with a camper shell. <laughs> it was John's, <laughs> and it, it, it I people think he still has it. <laughs> no, 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 I don't have it. But we um, people thought we didn't know if we were a band or fishermen because all these people would you know like. Uh, but how many people would pile in and out of that thing? Six to shell? seven, really. We at different I thought points you were we say had the two driver. of you stayed there with like a sleeping bag or no, something. No, no. At one point, at different points, we had uh, somebody that drove for us, but that was short lived. I did ninety percent of the driving. But and that's then, part of the whole '90s thing where we had we were staying in hotels, we were and we were paying for it all ourselves off of CD sales, and it was and they were and the sa- the sales were good. Mm. Yeah, you, got, you probably took home a lot of what you made yeah. now. Now, I know, like, Spotify's, what, 0.5? No, you know, there's not, I don't know, everyone complains about Spotify, but it's no different than the record companies were back in take, the day. It's like, someone's always taking your money. Yeah. It's, it's. I love that that line out of the film where it's, you got 135000 or something, I think, for, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, by the time it got to, it was 3500 And, you know, that's no different. That's no different. And I, I, it's funny that people complain about Spotify because it's usually the people who make a lot of money that complain about it. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But the other, everybody else, it's like, I'm happy that our, all our songs are on Spotify. Yeah. So you can look us up and, and play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was that your favorite time in that beginning, or did it did it, did it Well, the beginning of things. John, or were you guys? You know, the beginning of things is always partially the favorite yeah. because, I mean, it's just like a relationship. It's like everything is fun. Every step yeah. is new. It's all so we went fresh. to San Francisco, and it was sold out when we got there. And we were like, oh, my God, how do they know us here? So that was exciting. 
you know, after a while, you get to a point where you're like, oh, no, it's not sold out. Like, there's only one way to go after you right. experience the highs of the early part. Did I miss, John, where you, have you been in, in the band the whole time? I've been the in the beginning? band the whole, I it, pretty much the whole time. Ever since he walked in Giuseppe's. Well, well I, and I actually, I don't know if Spencer remembers this really band. well, but I, I ran into Spencer. The, the tan was playing in Carpentria. And I love the band. I was, you know, and if, being from Carpinteria, we were considered, or, or at least we felt like we were kind of a backwater, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit. We were the gateway to Santa Barbara. Right. There was world's safest beach. And so occasionally I'd find out about a party where they were playing, and if we could get in or sneak in somehow, that was great. But I, read, I, I saw him and I said, <laughs> if you ever need a saxophone player, and I gave him my phone number, and I think he forgot about it. Oh, I don't know. You know, he went off with some girl. <laughs> but <laughs> after the gig, and it's he's like, yeah, sure. But I ran into him in State Street with with the wedding band, and and um, I asked to sit in, and the rest, the rest is history. history huh? He walked in and never walked out, <laughs> never <laughs> except for he did actually move to Chicago for two years. Yeah. Yeah. And New York, or New York and Chicago. Yeah, I was out of town for about that. But I'd come back and play a little bit here and there. Same with like Nate now, yeah. who lives in New York, but plays with us all the time. That's not common, is it? That bands and the members stay together, and you're, you're a real close family, right? I mean, you know. Well, each that other and the fact up, that they know that they, there's a chance that they family, yes, but financial family. <laughs> yeah, that always helps. Yeah, yeah. you. Mentioned Spencer, you were you grew up on the Mesa, right? Yeah. And and uh, John, how long have you been up on the Mesa? Oh, I moved. You know, I met um, at that point. She was my girlfriend, and then you know, about three years later, we got married. But I I moved in in two thousand three. But I grew up in Carpentria. Hmm. And uh, so, do you remember the Mesa Rats? It was the, yeah. you were either Mesa Rat or you were Cedo Rat or what was Carpenterias. Carpus. <laughs> Carpus? I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think a, we had a, a, a specific name like that. But um, no, it was a great it was a great town to grow up in. But it was definitely sleepy by Santa Barbara standards. Mm -hmm. And uh, what yeah. were some of your favorite memories of the Mesa, Spencer, and growing up up there? You know, the Mesa's a the Mesa is a funny place to grow up. I, I love the Mesa, and I it's changed a lot. But I just remember, you know, surfing in the pit, and it was the one thing that that never changed on the Mesa was your friends cutting you down, and that's just. What do you mean by that? Like I mean, like, like let's say you were surfing. Fun of you or, oh, let's say you were surfing and you were surfing bad. You were guaranteed when you came in, they'd say you were surfing good. It was like the older guys thrashed on the younger guys. It was very. Territorial yeah. in a in a in an eighties kind of way or seventies eighties. I'm sure that you know that, that all of California was like that, but I just happened to grow up there. What about the bands at that time? Who were some of the bands that you guys would go out and see? And and even when you were performing, you know, when I was a kid, Kataya was a funk band, and they played at the Ice Patch. Oh, I remember. And the they ice all patch. hung out at the pit. So uh, we'd go see them when they played. 
see, these are great, like local, the pit, ice patch. You know, these are things that terms Our, and places the that first, are very Santa we, Barbara. In the tan, the first place we rehearsed was the ice patch. Um, I'm trying to think of another band. I, I When I, you played... Spencer the Gardener and, and the various bands that you played in, both of you, were, was there uh, like competition or was there any ill feelings between bands that played in, locally in Santa Barbara? Or was it more of a I don't friendly know if there environment? Was Ill feeling. You, I think there was, was there jealousy. Defi- definitely or, competition, but like we've been friends with Common Sense forever. Mm-hmm. And, but there was, you know, like there was a. a they were popular. We were popular, and um, was it was less competition because you know we were tr- we were all traveling around and doing the same circuit, playing in San Francisco, playing in San Diego, playing in California, just in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we were we did even though there was competition, we also helped each other. And promoted, yeah. promoted each other by going. Who would you go see when if you had a night off? Who would you? Was there someone that you really liked to go see? You know, um, I was a big fan of the Pontiacs. I still am, and uh, I can't think know, of their music, but I remember the name. Well, they're they're a blues, and mm-hmm. uh, so I would go in and and follow them. I was a total groupie, and I'd go sit in. And then who was the Beninati's? Who? Who did the Dreamers? The Dreamers. I love the Dreamers. Ah. The, the, the she was, you know, I was. Everybody was. She still boys. is. Yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. But I remember. Give me not only something. that, but she is a successful songwriter. Like she's written a couple of number one hits. But what was the song? Give me son. Give me. She she had a song that was a big hit. It was it was like. A, well, like Spencer said, yeah. I don't remember that, but give me son, give me boys, give me rock and roll. It was some <laughs> so kind of almost you had opposite of what you, you had a big crush. Oh, on I had a big crush on her, but Drove she was she was lyrics. way way way. Well, she was married and out of my league. I you know I would stalk her from time. no no. I she was way no. I I didn't know her. That's okay. I didn't if you know did. her. No, I did not. You, you absolutely did not. I'm not you a stalker. Had a fan. Um, the journey of uh, Santa Barbara musician Spencer Barnett's the film more than just a party band. How did that come about? That, that do you, were you ha- are you happy with how it turned out? And I am happy with how gone, it turned out. Yeah, and you know what? The there's a a group called um, Hello Santa Barbara that is uh, um, Emil Millard. We have a new record coming out that he's producing. So he approached me to do a record and a show at the Libero. And I said, you know, Emil, I don't think that, I mean, I can do that tomorrow. It's like, first of all, and I truly believe this, nobody really is looking forward to your album. It's like guys in the bands, we keep doing all these albums because we're doing them now for ourselves more than anything because the ownership of music has just changed so much. Mm-hmm. So if you, but, it, but also if you write a batch of new songs, you want to put them out and see if something happens. But anyways, I told him, I was like, you know, I don't, if you want to do a project with me, if you put a movie in there, I will be interested because that's something I haven't done. 
So he already had been doing stuff with Robert and got him together. And so we said, okay, let's do these three things. We'll do a new record, a show at the Libero, and a movie. And that made it worth it for me mm. because it was different. Yeah. And, and it's, I also love the new record, which should be out Does sometime. Does it have a title? Um, record yet? Not yet. No. We are playing Rings of Saturn that was shot at the Libero Theater. And I like that well, version. I, I it. love it. It's so beautiful. And in fact, it, one, it might be one of the, my favorite parts in the film at the very end there. Kind of, it's just building, building, and and then it's, it's emotional. Yeah. I mean, I got, I really, it's, it's probably one of the favorite thing, films that I've seen in a long time. And it's not just because I'm from Santa Barbara and I recognized everything. And well, that's interesting, though, because I'll be interested to see what somebody from outside Tennessee thinks about it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, when I was leaving the theater, Robert was at the door, the director, and, I, and he said, that's what he said. He said, will it play outside of Santa Barbara, do you think? And I, I think yes. And I, the reason I think yes is because, first, Santa Barbara – has um, the, the people are so curious about it, right? It has this mystique and this, but there's not a lot of known, but it's dropped in a lot of films. Yeah. And it's, the name drop and all that. Um, but uh, I also thought it was a, a, the way the story, the arc of the story uh, over your life and the life of the band, um, view John and, and Spencer and, and the rest of the band, it told, uh, told it very, very honestly. And you you got involved. You really got involved. If if nobody if if somebody and and Dublin had never heard of Spencer the Gardener and they watched the film, you really get pulled in. And you really oh, that's good. Really, and I'm I'm being really honest. In fact, I've promoted the film on every single show this week because I love it that much. And I think and Robert is going to come on as well and talk about the film. But really, uh, your life has been fascinating, and and the bit life of the band. And the music that you've brought in the intro, I talked about going back and forth between Idaho, Peace River, and Santa Barbara as a kid. And I took, and I remember it this way: it was a cassette. And yeah, so, well, I don't know if I had. Yeah, it was before the CD. Yeah, and and we played it, and we would sit by Peace River, the river, and we'd you know drink beers. We weren't supposed to, obviously, but after high school at, at night on Friday nights, and we played your music, and it was that it brought me back to Santa Barbara when I was here. So, um, I don't that know. That cassette was at the, the when the when the wall came down. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The, the which cassette? The boy with the two big heads. Berlin Wall, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were talking about somebody was saying they had it. Oh, they had it when the wall came down. Yeah, and they played it there. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, isn't that... How does it make you guys feel that your music... Like, I knew you and your music and the feelings that it gave me and my friends up in Idaho that had never heard this type of music. I mean, it really... All the horns and the beats and the... I don't. It the makes melodies. me feel super good, but I also... Uh, i just surprised that it isn't way more successful <laughs> maybe because uh, they but, passed it along right well it's, it's also yeah, it's I mean, almost, it, it takes a lot the, the reason why record companies were the way they were they put the bands out on tour they paid for the bands to be out on tour it's a big world out there mm -hmm. and it's hard to you know like to reach everybody now it's much easier because 
the internet and everything is pretty simple, but that just means there's a million people doing it mm -hmm. on every day, and there's too much stuff out there. I had a local artist in town yesterday, and he was he's a mathematician as well as a music artist, and he said, he came up with this figure, and he said, um, Parker Scott is his name, and he said, I figured it out that if I was able to listen to, if I slept for eight hours a, a day, like I do, but the, my entire life from, from five years old to 80 or so, I, I could listen to songs the whole time, music the whole time. I could listen to 95,000, 95 million, excuse me, was that the number, Richard? 95 million songs in a lifetime. And, and that's, to him, that didn't seem like enough. Like, I, enough hours and enough time to, to hear it all and to hear all the music. Well, and it the certainly artists. wouldn't be because now that would cover California, Arizona, and yeah. Colorado. I thought it was an interesting way to look at it yeah. uh, because there there are so many artists now. It's easier to get into the business with and a laptop and a absolutely uh, mic and a guitar and you know garage band or whatever it's called. But um, well, do we need to take a break, Richard? How are we doing? Mm -hmm. We're going to take a real quick break. I'm going to encourage you again to go see. Uh, I don't know how. How can they see this? Is there well, going to be another screening? There's going to be another be online. There, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be another screening or two or three, one in Ojai, one in Ventura, Santa Barbara. It'll end up being online somewhere down the line. But right now he's uh, he's entered it into some um, film festivals. Mm -hmm. So when you have it in a film festival, you can't release it right. yet for out in terms of like you can't release it on the Internet and you can't put it up available for everybody so that's why it's not available yet on the internet but it will be it will be and when it is i will pr promote again because i really want everybody to see it um especially all those people up in idaho that we used to sit around the fire and, the, <laughs> and listen to the music of we were younger uh, it's just a really great film more than just a party band the journey of santa barbara musician spencer barnett's uh, John and Spencer are my special guests today in studio here, and I really appreciate sitting down with you guys. Let me uh, give you a couple of the positive reviews out there. Matt Ketman, journalist here at the Santa Barbara Independent, said he's like, referring to Spencer, a Santa Barbara troubadour. He's given a sound and a soundtrack to our community. Spencer the Gardener is the band that probably best embodies the soul of Santa Barbara. Marco DeSantis, a sugar cult and a music professional. Joe Woodard, writer and musician, says, when you look back, he's reinvented himself and followed his own path with his own rules and his own roots in a very gay way to have a successful life of music in Santa Barbara. Um, DIY. DIY. So <laughs> spell check on these, the autocorrectors. And that one's my favorite. Yeah. Let me do it again. <laughs> and when you look back, he's reinvented himself and followed his own path with his own rules and his own roots in a very DIY way to have a successful life of music in Santa Barbara. Joe Woodard, writer and musician. We'll be right back. Spencer the Gardener. People love your band. It's like the all-time best party band. It's deeper than that, though. <laughs> it's deeper than that, it's yeah. It's a profound party band. There's a soul to Santa Barbara. When someone asks me, what does Spencer the Gardener sound like? I think about it, I go, 
They sound like Santa Barbara. It's a Latin big band spy movie set on a moody trouble. Yeah.
Welcome, Somerset, England. The Jeremiah Show is now on Core Radio. Keep on rocking to the core. Core Radio, the Jeremiah Show, airs at 10 p.m. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursday. Core Radio dot rocks. Hi, I'm Stacy Kent, and I am here on the Jeremiah Show. And we are here at Birdland in New York City tonight and tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. And then we head to France for about six shows and then England for about eight shows and then back to Birdland to finish the season for five nights. And you can see all this information on StacyKent.com. See you then. Good day, my friends. I'm Billy Mandarino, the Nowist. Do you wake up with good energy and power for the day? Or do you find yourself dragging behind? just to keep up. As the great poet William Wordsworth said, not choice, but habit rules the unreflecting herd. We are all ruled by our habits. What are your consistent rituals and habits that start each day? To live with a proven set of good habits, you will change your life. I have learned that the gifts in the present moment help you energize your entire day. No longer do I dread the start of the day I launch into it. To change your habits and learn how to become a Nowist, go to BillyMandarino.com. Wishing you all the blessed. And we're back with the Jeremiah Show. This is a town, as my mother said, I wish you kids were from somewhere else so you could see how nice it is to live here. <laughs> Sometimes you have to move away to know where you want to end up. And then the accident happened. I think deep down it really broke Spencer's heart. And Sally sings and plays. Ah, she sings. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Show. In studio here with me, Spencer Barnett and John Schackenberg. Uh, so cool to see both of you. Because over my lifetime, over the years, this is a band, Spencer the Gardener, that has marked the soundtrack to my life. And many good times in Santa Barbara, outside of Santa Barbara, on the road, road trips. I... I too many great times to mention, and they're here with me. So I'm kind of pinching myself a little bit here. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see both of you. Uh, we were talking about the film. If you're just joining us, we were talking about the film uh, that that I just went and saw the screening of in Carpinteria at the Alcazar Theater. Great little theater. More than just a party band, the journey of Santa Barbara musician Spencer Barnett's by uh, director, cinematographer Robert Redfield 
it's not streaming yet and not available to purchase but when it is i'll let you know and when you have future screenings in ojai and other various festivals or theaters i'll I'll, I'll let you know for sure yeah well let's let's definitely want to keep track of this there's also a new album there's a new album how excited Um, by the way are your fans they seem pretty excited at the theater when that was announced (laughs) well yeah i mean I, i say like nobody's waiting for your new record and and it's true in one way. Like, there are some people that, most of the people that follow you that will like it. It's, what it's hard to do is go beyond that. And it's gotten harder to do that than ever in, in the history of music. So I'm excited because I actually really like it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's quite good. Emil did a good job producing it. And, you know, there's some great parts, John, on, on tenor sax and... And then there's Nate flew out. And so Nate and John have been playing together for, you know, 40 years. So they have a kind of symbiotic, silent, like they know what each other's doing. Yeah. And John, it, what, when did you start playing the trumpet? Um, I haven't. <laughs> start, I play the saxophone. <laughs> I, I don't know, Jeremy. I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> okay, all okay. kidding aside. No, I, I started. I started out on clarinet, and then around junior high, I figured out that girls thought sax was a little cooler, and so so did I. But but also guitars ruled, so I was still a nerd. But I started in junior high, seventh grade. Why do you like the album so much, Spencer? You said that. I, well, yourself personally. Because uh, honestly, doing new things in music for yourself is is what keeps you going. And for me, for sure, it's like the fact that I'm still writing some songs that I really like, you know, after all this time, it, that that makes me happy um and and you know you you do in life in general you have to do things for yourself you have to the reason why you're doing something can't be because you think it's going to be popular or whatever it has to be because you like it so i happen to really like this and that is step number one to making something that could go further um Mm -hmm. So if you, I know there's a lot of people that do try to figure out what's going to be popular, and it's impossible to do that. Um, so now more than ever, I write for myself, and the fact that I like it makes me happier than before, maybe. Looking forward. Can't wait to hear it, guys. Uh, you think maybe four months? I'm gonna some somewhere <laughs> somewhere between pin you two down. months and four months. Spencer Barnett, John Schnackenberg, is, uh, they are my special guests. This hour, we're going to come back, and then uh, we're going to play some more of your music. We'll be right back. Of course I'm talking about a girl. Every song is about a girl. What now, Spencer? What's coming next? What's coming down the pike for Spencer Barnett? Hopefully a kidney. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Coming to my house tonight. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles. Coming to my house tonight. 
gobble, gobble, gobble that turkey gobbles coming to my house tonight. Check out Jeremiah's top 10 new artist picks on Radio India Alliance each week. The Radio India Alliance is a chart service that allows indie recording artists an opportunity to have chart placements. We don't charge. We support RadioIndiaAlliance.com. My name is Anais Reno. I'm a jazz singer based in New York City, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And sometime soon, I will be coming out with a new record with the great Peter Bernstein on guitar, David Wong on bass, and Joe Farnsworth on the drums. I'm very excited about it. But since that is not out yet, in the meantime, if you want, you can listen to my debut record called Love Something with the Emmett Cohen Trio, in which we celebrate the music of Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Thank you so much. Happy listening. Hey, it's Tim Stack, and having been in show business for so long, I have a lot of really funny friends, and you can hear them all on It's Radio with TV's Tim Stack. That's part of the Jeremiah Show. So listen. Everybody goes through a lot of stuff, and Spencer is able to write about them. Ride the pretty one. And he is a survivor. Perseverance, sheer hard work, bullheaded. Yes! Welcome back to The Jeremiah Show. I am with Spencer Barnett and John Schnackenberg of the Spencer the Gardener. Uh, John happens to be my neighbor down the street who plays the trumpet. <laughs> I walk by, I hear the trumpet play it. <laughs> oh, the sax, I'm sorry. I've already got corrected. <laughs> SpencerTheGardener.com. You can get all the music there and follow Spencer on tour and... John and wherever they're at, it's always updated, right? You know, all the all the social icons are on that. Yeah, Spencer the Gardener Instagram, Spencer the Gardener Facebook. There's a Spencer the Gardener YouTube page, which has a bunch of videos on there. Go to all of them right now and subscribe or follow. We'll we'll wait for you. (laughs) Sure. Then the website uh, for the film, more than just a partybandfilm.com. Go and, go and bookmark these things. They're really great, guys, what you're doing, what you've done. Um, I love the two things that you said in the film near, near the end there. One, I I still want to write. The, I don't think I've written my most beautiful, the, the, my best right. song yet, right? And I love that, that, just that idea, that sentiment. Have you played your most beautiful note yet? I don't think song. so. No? Both no. Of you? no. That's very cool, though, guys, that you say that, right? Isn't that... It gives you... I think you have to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, um, you have to have that drive to want to improve or just... Because otherwise, if you think you have, then what are you going to... What's next, you know? John, do you think that the reason... Spencer, this question for you as well, that, that John grows such great avocados, lemons, oranges, 
everything bananas. Do you does he play the music? Do you play your sax to the fruit? Do you? I, I, mean, do, I, no, like, I do you know. not. I do not do that. But because I, I hear the music coming over the fence there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I. You know, I, I can't say, but I've always loved fruit. And uh, when we were kids growing up in Carpinteria, we had a. Well, Spencer grew up on a ranch similar to that, growing a lot of things for themselves. And uh, I loved going out and grabbing a pe- fresh peach and uh, apricot, and we would just eat them till we were just over full. Over full. <laughs> I remember that with apricots, too. Well, yeah. Spencer, the gardener, Spencer, uh, Spencer, and the gardener part comes. You were a landscaper, Spencer, and uh, right. I was landscaping after I came back from England, mm-hmm. and I hurt myself and I couldn't work. I couldn't do much of anything, and I used the money that I made landscaping to put out the first record, first which I called Spencer the Gardener, because uh, I was kind of just going to give it away for Christmas presents. But I was also reading this book called Being There which the main character is Chauncey the Gardener. Mm. Um, it's a Peter Sellers movie. Mm. Mm. We have that in common. I was in high school, probably right when I discovered your music, I was I called myself the neighborhood lawn boy. I would go my <laughs> <laughs> neighborhood lawn boy. I, was, I even had little business cards made up. Um, guys, Is that your so? handle? <laughs> neighborhood lawn it boy? It should be, yeah. right? The neighborhood lawn boy. Um, Guys, thank you so much for coming down here. Again, SpencerTheGardener.com, the film More Than Just a Party Band Film.com. Check it out if it comes anywhere near you in a theater near you. Uh, and I can't, we, We're looking forward to that new album. Thank you so much. Thanks for... Thank oh, you. I do have one last thought here, real quickly. End of the film, you say, Spencer... I'm going to get up, you know, somebody asks you what's next, the producer, whatever. I'm going to get up tomorrow, I'm going to do it again, and I'm going to do that again, and I'm going to do that again. That that plays into that next thing, right, that that idea of... Oh, I think we're lucky in that we like everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know, that's a hard thing to do sometimes in life, like to enjoy all of the various things that you are surrounded by and so that's lucky so it's been a good life it's been a good life thus far absolutely yeah no it it took me a while to get going with the you know but once i met up with people that were willing to hire me and believe in me you know i get to spend my days in fruit tree orchards Mm -hmm. and beautiful places in and around santa barbara so what's not to love spencer the gardener communicate but listen more and evolve. Have a good day, everybody. I don't think I've written the most beautiful song I can write yet. He truly is an icon in this town. You know why I don't stop?
this is comedian Mods Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show. Listen, man. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify. The Jeremiah Show. Look for the black label. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at thejeremiahshow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and me, your announcer, Tony Kelly. Communicate, listen more, and evolve. My name's Danny Trejo. Jeremiah, you're loved, Holmes. I love you. I love It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.